Hey, greetings and welcome to the Mount Rushmore podcast where you, the audience, are going to hook us up and help us out. That's right. Here's how it works. My good buddies, Richard. Hello. And Michael. Howdy. They debate the top four of any given topic. I'm the judge, but you, that's right, you driving down the street. Yeah, you, Gary, in the Honda. You are the jury. We post our topics on Facebook and want to hear your votes and responses. We love to hear from you. This episode, we are debating the Mount Rushmore of the year 2000, which is 19 years ago. It was a long time ago. Yeah. I do like the idea. Okay, so this is my topic. And um, at some point, I really I wanted to throw out just like a general date. Yeah. And be like, uh, the year 1987. Yeah. Or the year like oh, 19... 19- yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, something yeah. random mm-hmm. that we had to do a little bit of history research on or try to dig into but two things happened one um we had an episode recently that made me rethink of this mm-hmm. which is when i talked about like new year's eve glasses oh yeah for the year 2000 <laughs> and then two everybody remembers a lot of things about this strange year it's the strange yeah end of the century year mm-hmm. it's not the new millennium we're technically in the last millennium yeah. so all you clowns that are like the year 2000 it's is the new millennium. It's, no it, no it's it's the last year of the 20th century yeah which feels strange it's a strange endings it's a strange mm-hmm. a, a lot of that year was just kind of strange in general yeah but i thought and richard asked me about this at some point like what does that mean to you and i thought what whatever the year two thousand means to you is important. Yeah. Whether it is conceptual or specific or whatever, this feels like a very. It could be a very broad topic in terms of mm-hmm. just everything. Yeah. So I'm interested to find to think about what Richard has when he thinks about the year two thousand, and also kind of what our listeners thought about. Okay, so I was the 20, year two K. So I was twenty four at the time. It means you were twenty one, Michael. Mm, He's forever 21 Forever 21 No, it's probably No, it's 21 That's literally what I just said Yes I I had had, (laughs) Right? (laughs) I had to do the math I had to to sit there I like how he assumed that I was wrong Until he did the math With his his fingers Well, because you always There's always uh, The nimbop Often, often on this podcast Like Richard and Jeff Like have this posture of like there's so much old like Jeff totally is so much I'm old. Jeff I'm is old. So much I'm chiseling this but like this but like sometimes there is like a oh you, Michael you wouldn't remember this because you're so long it's like yeah you're like a couple years older yeah than but me. you Don't also like have so hard but but as you mentioned in the last episode you have very little nostalgia or interest in nostalgia for things like around the set late the 70s to the early 80s yeah because that stuff is garbage thank you okay so this is gonna be interesting because I think we're gonna get a perspective here. Yeah. That mm. you were in college, right? Uh, just out of college. Or just, uh, yeah, out of college. Just out of college. I had been out for a few years at that point, and Jeff was a little bit further along into his adult life yeah, at this I'd, point. Yeah, I had my second presidency, so that's, that's 35 plus I take that back. Eight. I was right. graduating in the year 2000. Yeah, okay. I was 38 freaking years old. So. Yeah. No, 32, yeah. Yeah, so okay. we, we're each kind of coming out from different ages, uh, so this should be fun. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Manfredi, what's your first choice? All right, so my first choice, and this is the obvious one, but it's Y2K. Like so Y2K many people. scare. Yeah, yeah, yeah. not Y2J. Yeah. 
like Chris Jericho. No, this is the, uh, yeah. No. I, I think this was the obvious <laughs> first pick for both of us. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh, did you pick it too? Yes. Okay. I will say many listeners did, and I'm grateful for you listeners for commenting on it. And go for it. All right. So this was the most disappointing Armageddon this side of the world <laughs> of the World War Z movie adaptation. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I was it sucked. Remember, like how how like everyone assumed that all of the banks were gonna fall yeah. apart, that the uh-huh. world was gonna dissolve that all of your finances were going to go away because mm-hmm. of some programming thing they did in the 60s. Now, I know Richard's often very informed, but is it not true that stuff was scheduled to kind of go haywire? Because I've, I've heard that people interpret the Y2K um, buildup and scare as un- unnecessary, unneeded based on what happened, when the reality was what happened was they fixed it. They fixed it before yeah. Y2K, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, before... January 1st. So now everybody was going, see, it was fine. No, it wasn't. This is a perfect example of like why we need to tackle like climate change and stuff now. It's like, yeah, fix the stuff before everything totally breaks. Mm -hmm. So when you get to the point where it's going to break, everything's fine. Well, what's your point of view on it, Richard? Well, here's the thing. I'm going to be honest about this. I was kind of secretly hoping for something. We'd all be happen. Luddites again. And, yeah. I'm not sure what. I mean, I didn't want like a major catastrophe. I, like, I didn't want like the air traffic control system to like crash yeah. and like planes to come like raining out of the sky. But, mm-hmm. you know, ATM, ATM started spitting out random $20 oh, bills or something like that. <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was hoping for something like that. And then nothing happened. It Richard, sucked. viewers, if you've never met Richard, you, his appearance is that of a cave person. So That's he true. has been auditioning for this role of primitive man that's and true were society to reduce itself to that you'd be so ahead of the game i would i would i'd be in like flint yeah and by flint i mean actual flint. actual <laughs> <laughs> what uh what were your fears then did you actually have fears that it could happen or oh sure i yeah. mean it's it, it was almost like it was a fate complete that it was mm-hmm. going to happen it was just a question of how bad it was going to be but nobody knew exactly what was going to happen yeah that was the thing that was frightening to everybody yeah. it wasn't like it was well, he, if this doesn't get fixed, then X, Y, and Z is going to happen, and we'll know about it right away, or we'll know about it in the next few days. It was just like, yeah, literally, like everything could go dark. Mm-hmm. Don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah. It did bring us the greatest This Is Sports Center commercial, however, though. Oh, it did? What was that one? Oh, and you, I'll post this on the uh, social media listener, mm-hmm. so you can go and find it. But they're doing a y- Y2K like test. Yeah. And they're, they're talking about, like, oh, it's really important for us to stay on top of these things with IT. So we're doing a little Y2K test. All right. Three, two, one. And, like, all the power goes out, like, in the entire <laughs> office. Suddenly, like, Mark McGuire is running around with a bat just bashing computers. <laughs> Charlie Steiner is like, got a tie. Who's one of the anchors? Has, like, a tie wrapped around his head mm-hmm. and, like, war paint on. And he's just like, follow me to freedom. <laughs> It's a great commercial if you guys get a chance. I was working at a comedy theater then, and we did a whole show about Y2K. And, oh, of course. And yeah. uh, it, nothing happened, and then we had about four weeks left in the run. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we boy. looked like a bunch of idiots. <laughs> oh, boy. I do like that that was part of the premise of the movie Office Space. Oh, was it really? That they're working at Intercom or whatever the name mm-hmm. of their... And it was like, he's like, yeah, we're writing software. You know, when it went over from... You know, they forgot to yeah. include the first two digits, so we're just writing software that updates. Yeah, I'm uninterested. And that ultimately <laughs> is what it turned out to be. Right. Was this big, uninteresting, uh-huh. everyone was waiting 
for something to happen and then it just didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because that leads into my second choice. Okay. Which was just New Year's Eve 2000. Mm -hmm. And I think this is one of those weird New Year's Eve where people remember where they were because it felt so monumentous. Yeah. For two folds. One, it felt like something bad was going to happen. The ball was going to drop and like all the lights in the city were going to go out. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Something was going to like you're just kind of waiting for it. You're like so excited, but at the same point, you're like dreading it. And it's yeah. just like, what's going to happen? And it's like, oh yeah, nothing happened. It was just like the ball dropped and you're just like, Fuck. yeah. And it just became another New Year's Eve. But like, I don't remember a whole ton of specific New Year's Eves, but I remember mm-hmm. being on the pier in Santa Barbara at the time and being really fancily dressed up and being like, okay, 1999's gone. The new millennium. No, wait, we're still in the old millennium. Yeah. And everyone is still kind of clinging on to that. Don't be that guy. Old millennium, new millennium, sort of whatever thing. Do you feel like uh, milestones, including those of years or big ones, including changing millenniums, are moments where people are looking for an inflection point in their timeline and hoping that they may grow to be somebody more interesting or more powerful or more something? And then when that clock ticks over and nothing happens people are just disappointed all, all that happens is that you're just like re- trying to remember how to write the on your to check fill out your check. <laughs> yeah. and you're just getting fucked up by yeah. like filling out your check the wrong way uh-huh. the same way you do every month and you're just like is it Jan- is it april what is it f- Mar- is it oh uh, i think it's two oh because at that time checks had the 19 printed on them as i recall mm. uh yeah yeah uh, one, a couple of interesting notes about specifically about the year 2000. Um, Prince played 1999 in a very like iconic Times Square. Right. You mm-hmm. know, and two, he went back to the name Prince in 2000, by in the way. In May of that year. He, oh. he like his deal with, I forget if it was Universal, so Universal or whatever. Like he stopped being the artist formerly known as Prince and mm-hmm. using that symbol. And like that year was his, I believe he put out the album called Emancipation. I mean, you know, God bless him and wherever he is now. But, yeah. um, you know, he took it a little too seriously. He was a bit overdramatic. <laughs> but just like, touch. But just the idea of that he had a song that he had written since the mid 80s called 1999. And then 1999 in the song, you know, year 2000, zero, zero and all this stuff. And it was just like bound like he had. He had almost pre-written an appearance for himself. Yeah, <laughs> on some yeah. broadcast, someplace. Even though the song, even though the song is really about like nuclear holocaust. Yeah, yeah, that didn't happen either. No, that that also didn't happen. Uh, Facebook responder Todd Williams said, "I spent the year installing computers for customers of a company that preyed on people's inflated Y2K fears. Funny thing, the company has no idea if the new computers would even prevent any of those problems." Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> so Todd made his paycheck off that. Well, Todd, that I hope you're proud of yourself. Yeah, yeah. Mrs. Hope you're Williams, happy. Mrs. Williams, proud of her son, Todd. Okay, so yeah, Y2K and uh, Prince 1999 was a big thing we all experienced then. All right. Uh, Richard, what do you got? All right, my second one. I was promised flying cars. Mm. I, I got to say, um, other people said that too. Oh, uh, really? Yeah, my, I think it was my uh, brother-in-law said he thought he was going to get a flying car. Oh, sure. I mean, he, that's the thing. Does, I mean, does, for does it, decades. Does, it, does this count as my topic of sci-fi overselling it? 
Yeah. Okay. I think we're in. Yeah. The, I think we're in the same vein, if nothing else. Yeah. Mine's Tom, a little more specific, but yeah. Yeah. yeah Tom Gibbs, my brother-in-law, said flying cars was something he thought that was going to happen. I so. mean, when you when you thought about it, even being a kid in the '80s, that was it. Wasn't even something that was like, well, maybe by the year 2000, we'll. No, it was by the year 2000, we'll be able to have cars that can get you off of the freeway, and yeah. it'll be like the Jetsons, mm-hmm. basically. This, this science fiction benchmark of this iconic year, and I think that's the thing about the year 2000. It feels very iconic. It feels like this is a point we're trying to all get towards. If we can get to, year, to the year 2000, either we've survived Armageddon yeah. and or we have flying cars, and then you see whatever it is, their version of flying car, and it's like a helicopter that mm-hmm. kind of transforms, and you're like one and a half people can sit in there, and you're just like, no, thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's 2019, and we still don't have flying cars. All we have are the ones that sort of drive themselves, even though sometimes they drive themselves into oncoming traffic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the closest we have really is those uh, is uh, drones. Yeah. And it's just like, so uh, remote-controlled airplanes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, it seems like the future is reinvented every decade and every century. And, you know, this Disney had a whole theme park devoted to that called Epcot, where it was... The future is constantly going out of date. When I was a kid, it seemed like it was a jetpack. Like, I didn't want a flying car. It was just this thing I'd harness to myself. Yeah. Oh, right. The, the, fly that in the rain, you idiot. Yeah, I think the car would have been much more helpful. So, Michael, your suggestion was sci-fi overselling it. Just like the idea of, like, I like futurism, and I like the idea of, of kind of, like, fictional futurism. Mm-hmm. There's a few comics that I really liked growing up. One's called Transmetropolitan, which is more of a political story, um, but involve things that is like in the near future, but things that seem kind of attainable. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of like genetic manipulation and obviously like an extreme version of that and things called like makers, which we kind of have now with like maker bots and like little things where you can make. Like nanotechnology? It wasn't. Yeah. Like t- talked a little bit about nanotechnology, just lots of different things that like the future was going to be and it felt closer than it actually was i don't Uh think they ever like mentioned a specific date in the comic but it felt like oh that's right around the corner everything feels right around the corner did you get a cheese was there a cheeseburger pill yeah stuff like that (laughs) yeah but you know british there was a british very famous like british comic magazine called 2000 ad where a lot of like british writers very famous comic british writers like judge uh Doom, Judge Dredd. Judge Dredd. Okay, I got kind of got his start there. Oh. It was a character that was introduced there. It's like heavy metal. Yeah, British like the uh-huh. British version uh-huh. of heavy metal. And like the year two thousand plays so much into that of like this idealized, kind of sometimes dystopian, mm-hmm. but right around the corner future. Yeah, you know, you think of um, nineteen eighty four, kind of hit it right on the head. Mm-hmm. You pick a date that is so far in the future that you're bound to get there. But it's not quite the year 2000, and once and we should have known that should have been the tale. Once you got to the year 1984, and it wasn't like 1984, yeah. you should have thought, oh, 2000 is going to suck. 2000 yeah. is going to be the exact Big same, except yeah. a bigger, thinner TV. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So you know what's funny is you picked science, kind of speculative science, and Ooh. you picked sci-fi. So there's really kind of two different things. Although it seems like sci-fi is in, informed by the speculative. Yeah, idea. I think they almost go hand in hand. You know, I think. Sometimes it's like the imagination of science fiction writers that spur speculative 
yeah. science, science right. on and vice, vice versa. versa. Yeah. Hey, thanks everyone who listens and suggests out on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter uh, topics and um, examples for those topics. We appreciate the dialogue. Uh, you know, uh, Richard, Michael, and I do this because we love to talk with each other. It's not all the money that comes in that motivates us. Well, speak for yourself there, oh. Rockefeller. Oh, yeah. You guys told me. Okay, we'll talk later. Yeah. Um, but we do like to be in dialogue with you, and we love to know what you think about our past episodes. If you were to go to your podcast um, aggregator of choice, whether it's whatever is replacing iTunes or whether it's uh, Stitcher. Speaking of the year 2000. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. iPods. Yeah. Podcasting, right there. Very antiquated term. Yeah, very it is. Uh, so, yeah, the name sounds kind of quaint now. Uh, so anyway, do us a favor, rate and review anywhere you find us. Click on the stars or the bananas or whatever is on the icon of. Sorry, that's Fruitcaster. I love the I love the idea that like Donkey Kong Donkey. has his own version of a podcast, just like for banana. Or the Cincinnati Zoo has allowed their <laughs> their apes to listen to, to rate and review podcasts. <laughs> to listen to the Adam Coco says. <laughs> Coco loves Joe Rogan. Coco loves Joe Rogan. <laughs> Coco libertarian. Um, the other thing you guys can do, by the way, is oh, just yeah. tell your friends. Yes. You like the podcast? Say, hey, I found this great new podcast. Yeah. Pretend that we're new. We're not really, but no, so it's new not. to me podcast. <laughs> and you should listen to it, too, because that's how word of mouth, that's how we That's how we spread the love. I love it. Uh, Richard, what do you got? All right. So my third one is me at the bar smog cutter. Because this was a good portion of my year 2000 was spent there. All of our listeners suggested that. Literally, literally everyone. Um, So by the year 2000, I was 24. I was, I think here, I was working at. uh, You'd been out of college for 10 years. Been out of college for 10 years. No, I I was working as a waitress in a cocktail bar. Wow. No, I was working at a, I believe I was working at a PR agency by that point. Mm -hmm. And I'd found this. bar on Virgil near Melrose uh, called Smog Cutter. And what a beautiful, wonderful shithole that place oh, was. Oh, I love it. Oh, my God. There was no reason for Smog Cutter, by the way, to, to be like any place I would want to be. Okay. I mean, it was... I, I made a list here of things that would made it less than appealing to most people. It was sweltering in the summer, but it was like freezing cold in the winter because oh, they yeah. had no insulation. The beer was about as warm as the mixed drinks, and they didn't put any ice in the mixed drinks. <laughs> um, it smelled like piss. There's a good chance that one of the regulars, not me, but one of the other regulars, would be passed out face down on the bar by 11 p.m. Wow. When they they just tell him, uh, it's it's Jose, just let him sleep mm-hmm. it off. He'll, he'll come too. Yeah. And then they would get him more booze. <laughs> um, and every once in a while, the outside gets shot up by a drive-by. Hmm. Minor things. Yeah. Um, but I love that place. It was... It was my horrible dive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't just that it was a horrible dive, but it was a place that I knew all the bartenders. Mm-hmm. I knew the front door guy, and I could, you know, I, used to, I was smoking at the time, so I'd go outside and have a smoke and bullshit with him about his time in Vietnam and hear all sorts of weird, fucked up stories from him. Yeah. When you're 24, that's, 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 that's living. Is that mm-hmm. your, if you were to reduce all of your years, is that like your ideal year? If you're by like, like, Okay, we can eliminate all the stuff about kids. Because yeah. kids all trump everything else. But if you're to say, like, I want to go back in time and relive one year 
of my life, I want to relive the year 2000. And you would do that for the year 2000 at the small cutter? I would say it's close. I would say probably 2001 or 2002. Hmm. So right before I got married. Mm-hmm. That was probably the best time, but it was all that three year stretch was all you were kind still, of you were amalgamated. Still, you were still with Sarah at the time. Yeah. And like that but that but that aspect is still like it's all ingrained there. Mm. Yeah, I mean it, it there's like a, th- a three year stretch where I was going to this bar two or three nights a week, showing up on a random Wednesday. Sometimes Katie Lang would be there singing Katie Lang songs doing karaoke. Is that right? That's yeah. Fun. Got a picture of me with Terry Bradshaw. <laughs> Go figure. And it's a, was wow. a, no longer in existence. There's now a new bar that is, it trips me out because it looks like. The cut smogger. Yeah. yeah the cut smogger. Called the equal. It's German. Called mm-hmm. the equal parts. And it's weird because it's like the, it's like the bizarro world version of this bar that I loved. Like yeah. the bar's the same, but they don't have a pool table now. Mm. And they've got air conditioning and the beers, they have a good beer selection and the beers are actually cold. Yeah. Like everything about the bar is quantifiably nicer mm-hmm. than Smog Cutter. Mm. And I miss Smog Cutter and I want Smog Cutter back. As your therapist, but, I need to ask you, Yeah. Mm-hmm. is there a correlation between that part of Richard that seeks the civilization destruction that Y2K could welcome in that also wants to attend a bar that seems like civilization is not. <laughs> civilization did not apply <laughs> to apply that yeah. smog cutter. Probably. Yeah. Probably. And here's the thing. Once I got married in 2002, I stopped going. Mm-hmm. And like I'd maybe pop in once a year. Yeah. But after, even after that, it kind of got, I stopped going. Even though I loved the place because it just got to be like, okay, I'm married now. Yeah, it's untoward. It's just sort of weird mm-hmm. to be shown. Yeah. You kind of got to settle down a little bit. Your other psychiatrist is here. Mm. Were you, were you going to ask him? Uh, now I got to think. Michael, you never went to Smog Cutter? Why was it I not think Fog I, Cutter? I think what? Why was it not Fog Cutter? And why do they have such a Sam it's Fran name? French. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fog Cutter sounds like some I, sort of like mixed drink. I, I know for a fact on some sort of ball crawl. Ball crawl. Yeah. Bar crawl that Scott yeah. Jones has set up that at some point that you had suggested that we go to Smog Cutter and then we like popped in. It was like, I don't want to be in here. Yeah, it, uh. it was not the most. It was not the most welcoming place if mm-hmm. so, if you were looking for like a classic good time. Mm-hmm. I wasn't even looking for that. Just looking for just like I don't, I don't want to be t- this place. When you, so what you're saying is that a bar that looked like it would give you hepatitis was not mm-hmm. your cup of tea. Yeah. I will. Those uh, longtime listeners of the podcast may observe that Richard is a little bit of an old soul and was preternaturally mature. It seems like a guy who was going to college at 17 would go to a diet bar at 24. So, uh, Winfield. Well, my last choice is, uh, Bush versus Gore and just setting up a decade of like political strife. Yeah. And it feels like that particular, I, you know, I think that the Republican Party and Fox News has been setting up some, like, confrontation for a long time, mm-hmm. like, preceding that. Yeah. But I think that that particular political outcome, mm-hmm. I think, felt very much like a dis, like a destruction of a certain political feeling within the country. Mm-hmm. Like, it was like... You had to very specifically pick sides in what became a 
legal case. Yeah. And you chose sides. And I think that there are just factions within the country that have never really come back mm-hmm. from it. I mean, even with how popular like Barack Obama was, like, I think you just feel this weird yeah. fracturing of our country yeah the united states of america mm-hmm. that happened within like a legal decision that felt very arbitrary that felt based on people trying to just get it over with let's mm-hmm. just rule on whatever this is so we can go on as a country versus really not having a great deal of legal standing mm-hmm. like you know i from november to december like there's a just a huge month of just like people analyzing hanging chad and yeah the, the entire aspect of like the florida recount and mm-hmm. the stopping of it it felt very like very much like oh this is how politics are it's very grossly yeah i hate to say politics are political but it, there's nothing it, aspirational that describes us as americans and how it we felt like aspire. When, yeah. it felt like someone winning on the technicality of the secretary of state of Florida being Republican, trying to stop the recount and pushing it to the yeah. United States, uh, you know, Supreme court, which was split five to four. like everything mm-hmm. feels like, Oh, this has been this entire decade of yeah. our country has been built off of uh, this thing. It, it's a weird, and it's a weird thing. Cause I don't mm-hmm. have, I don't have a whole lot of like political, I don't have any political mm-hmm. aspirations and I have barely any like political, like, feelings other than like i want to destroy these people yeah. that are obviously bad yeah and i think it a lot of it came out of that you know i feel like the, well only i was surprised only one listener ronnie vertone discussed politics al gore talking about lock boxes was what she suggested that is so strange <laughs> and that is you know that is such a strange yeah. what a pull yeah I mean that is so boring. I will like s- like he was ultimately he very was, boring. Yeah, he was dull. Yeah, and but like your ultimate like no offense, listener, your ultimate political take was like lockbox, which yeah. was like an SNL bit for the yeah. most part. What I will say is it seems That's odd. Like the Cold War ended, and the, this bipartisan war began, where we had no more. Um, External enemies. external enemy, and now it was this bipartisan thing. So. Wow, that's an interesting. Yeah. Too. Uh, okay, does this mean that we're done? No, nope, I got one more. Richard's, Richard's gonna, gonna do it. Gonna Deliver do us from thing. evil. All right, this one is entitled "Rock Music is the Sucking Void at the Center of the Music Scene in 2000." Um, so the Strokes' debut album is this. It was one of the most sneakily influential records of all time. Um, you know, it, it, it's kind of a throwback. It's also forward looking. It's fucking great. It's good, except it came out in the year 2001, as I'm sure you know, Michael. Um, and I do know. <laughs> and the, the, the quote unquote moribund rocks rock scene that I was talking about was basically what was happening in 2000. Like I went back and, did, and started doing some research on, on what was happening musically in 2000. Shit city. Yeah, garbage. It's real garbage. All right, so music was terrible in 2000, especially rock music. And part of it is that we're in this weird bubble where, like, the alternative bands of the 90s, grunge bands, either people are dead, like Kurt Cobain, Mm -hmm. or they've broken up, like the Pixies, Mm -hmm. or they've gotten really weird and navel-gazing and 
nobody really cares about them anymore, like Smashing Pumpkins. Yeah, or the fused into that weird, like, kind of newer, harder rock alternative or, like, uh, combined with... With rap. With rap, yeah. Well, that's where you start to get in. that. That's this void, right? So there, So there was this indie rock scene and this movement in the 90s, and then that kind of goes away. And what fills in to take its place? Creed. Two thousand was the year that that Creed became the biggest rock band in the world for a brief time. Let's never forget that this happened, America. <laughs> we all collectively on our watch let this happen. Yeah. And I will admit, at one point, I thought, "Ah, my sacrifice." That's not a bad song. Mm-hmm. What was wrong with us in two thousand collectively that we let Creed wait happen? This is. Do you notice Richard looks different? I think it's Scott Stapp wearing a beard. <laughs> oh my god. I mean, we let bare naked ladies sneak in through the back door of Canada mm-hmm. and be a part of the music culture. Build, Again, why? Build that wall, everybody. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, there was some stuff that was happening. You know, U2 came out with all the You Can't Leave Behind. So that's their last, like, great album, at least. Um, uh, there's this weird band. Maybe they're brother and sister. Maybe they're formally married. Uh, they put out this album called Distill. It's got this song called uh, Hello Operator. The Carpenters? Yes. No, The White Stripes. The White Stripes? <laughs> yeah. And Radiohead's making Kid A. That's their last accessible, real accessible album, mm-hmm. I think. It starts to get a little little dodgy after yeah. that. Yeah. Um, mainly, though, White was out, like, So... Do you, what was a good year compared to this? 2001. Okay. Because okay. that's when you start to get into the strokes. Yeah. It's when you start to get into all of the, the all of the, the bands. Not, okay. The, not the, the, but all yeah. of those bands that have the in their name. Mm-hmm. Strokes, the Hives. Yeah. White Stripes. Um, go pick up uh, an incredible book or download it on audiobook uh, called Meet Me in the Bathroom, which is a yes. amazing, oh. like, first person uh narrative mm-hmm. uh, about like the initially the new york uh music scene from like 2001 to 2011 and it's yeah. just all the strokes interpol yeah 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 mm-hmm. like all these amazing artists that are giving like firsthand accounts uh, it's what's it's an oral history sort of okay. type book and uh i listened to the audiobook version of it and you like, had me oral you lost me in history and uh, it's just, it's just, it's wonderful. And it's like, if you yes. are into the stroke circa 2001, uh-huh. if you're into like, I really got to know all about Interpol. Uh-huh. And. I was the jerk that was pissed off they were ripping off punk. Oh. Well, yeah, that's okay. on you. That's okay. kind of on so you. That's my bad. Okay. Yeah. So but, 2001, so, so, so yeah. 2000 is this just weird musical like void. Here are, I did a little research. There were one, two, three, four, five, six, seven songs that were that topped the modern rock mm-hmm. Billboard charts in the year two thousand. They are "Other Side" by Red Hot Chili Peppers, "Kryptonite" by Three Doors Down, "Last Resort" by Papa Roach, mm. "Californication" by Red Hot Chili Peppers, mm-hmm. "Last Resort" again by Papa Roach, came back because it was so good, had to get it back in the second time. Mm-hmm. "Minority" by Green Day. And hemorrhage by fuel. This you cannot come up with a more gnarly, gross collection of songs to say. God, what pro- was alternative music like in two thousand? That's pro- what it was. The like. producers at K Rock are just like, 
jerking off so much right now. Oh, I just love all of this garbage. <laughs> so hard. So, as I said, shit. Meanwhile, hip. Here's the thing. You, like hip hop and rap had like the Marshall Mathers L- LP, mm-hmm. and I think Stankonia by Outkast came out then. Mm-hmm. Uh, remember the Dan the Automator album with uh, how's your girl? So yeah, how's, how's your girl came uh-huh. out in two thousand. There's a lot of great stuff happening yeah. in two thousand. Unfortunately, it's not rock music, and so I'm yeah. doing all the research for this. It just kind of made me realize, you know, we talked about this on the show before that I'm kind of a crotchety old man when it comes to music, and mm-hmm. I don't listen to anything new. But here's the thing: I can I can admit there's a lot of good music being made right yeah. now, and I've tried to make a concerted effort to try to listen to more new, new yeah. music, and there's a lot of good stuff out. It could always be worse, no matter what. It could always be the year 2000. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It could always be worse. I think that's the new marketing slogan for our podcast. I think it could, you could be. You could do worse. Yeah. It's hard to do better. It's hard to do better than this. Uh, with fans like this who suggest great, great, great uh, suggestions yeah, for some, a topic. What are some of the best ones? Give well, me a few highlights. E. Tyler Harp and Mona Grossman both said Y2K. A lot of people said Y2Ks. Um, Paul J. Bio, PJ, uh, was promised more death races, he said. <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. a good one. I think he, yeah. uh, he he's a, uh, has his... More President Frankenstein. <laughs> yeah. Uh, PJ Bio also has a podcast that's a great co- podcast called um, um, Poovy Reviews. He he reviews po- poopy, poopy movies. I think that's the name of his podcast, uh, but it is a good one. Like Arlisa Rocks, Corey Wish, and a few others suggested Conan and Andy in the year 2000. Lisa mm-hmm. said, I came here just to write that. In the year 2000. <laughs> I love the personal things that were shared. You know, Richard shared his, uh, or Michael shared his year 2000 on Santa Monica Pier, and he wearing a tux. Santa Barbara. Santa Barbara. And it was still the same old schmuck he was in 1999. Um, hey, now. Melissa Arandondo said, I wanted L.A. to have a New Year's Eve party like the one in Strange Days. You remember the movie Strange Days? I wrote down some some notes for Strange yeah. Days just in case we are going to talk about that. What a like weird movie that is totally we are going to like plug in... Like jacking our in memories into like a yeah flash drive a playstation what? nes yeah. cartridge uh she said instead i got stoned in the sizzler and pam hazlet <laughs> that sounds like stoned in the sizzler yeah. does sound like a like a song you would have heard in 2000 yeah yeah it's like a king missile song uh pamela palma hazlet uh uh the better half of chapin was promised a good new year's eve party maybe she didn't have one she should have gone to santa barbara and chapin said i a uh, former podcast guest i attempted ringing in the new year's eve new year 24 times glass of champagne every hour i almost made it got to 22 god bless you chapin. God bless you chapin oh, he's got man. a kid now yeah 22 deep chapin and yeah. campaign and you guys you know uh name check this originally but the y2j was uh, something uh, people, the Y2 Jericho, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah Chris Jericho's uh, WWE debut. So, yeah. So, cool. So, uh, you guys, um, again, uh, uh, profoundly astounded by your cool topics and how esoteric you got. Um, Richard, I love the how personal you got with some of these. So, you made it about you. And, um, well, you know. Of course I did. Of course you did. It's always about this guy. And because you tried to live a Tom Waits song, uh, I picked the smog cutter <laughs> for that. That was pretty fun. 
Um, you guys both get a point for Y2K fears. And uh, you know what? Uh, I, in general, like the sci-fi of overselling it and that where the fuck is my flying car. So you guys each get a point for that. So I think that... Okay, one more. Um, and let me give... Actually, let me, let me give uh, Winfield this Bush versus Gore because I think it set up 20 years of... Uh, honestly, uh, <laughs> the end of America as we know it. Next week is going to be fun because, hey, grab your recyclable plastic bags because we are discussing the Mount Rushmore of going grocery shopping. Maybe some people out there grocery shopping might share some opinions with us. So uh, this, I, is, this is Jeff's topic, and this <laughs> makes me so delighted. There's so many, there's so many avenues, so many aisles we can go down. So many aisles uh, on this episode. Oh my god, I, I'm so. Yeah. I'm so excited. Me too. Okay, cool. So uh, this has been a Mount Rushmore of Grocery Shop. No, we are <laughs> oh, fuck. so fucked right now. That was, <laughs> a, that was a Y2K glitch. It was a Y2K glitch. As always, Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael.